This is a podcast from BFM 89.9, the business station. Hello, and with me, Cam Rust, and today we have the returns of he is a filmmaker, actor, and writer. He is Na'a Murad. Hello, everyone. Um, always a pleasure to be here. That's great to have you. And she is a producer at BFM, and she's, she's really great. And she is Sabrina Yusuf. Thank you for having me again. Uh, it's a pleasure. And our three topics uh, today will be, uh, topic number one is Malaysian age demographics and their implications. Topic number two is Malaysian movie monsters. And finally, topic number three is how to talk to reactionary fathers. So with topic number <laughs> one, um, the older listeners will remember that uh, in Malaysia, we used to talk a lot about uh, demographics in terms of racial demographics, Malay, Chinese, Indian, etc. We don't talk about that anymore. So, uh, I mean, that's just so yesterday. But the um, age demographic is something we don't really talk about enough. And age demographics is really important, uh, more important than anything else. So uh, baby boomers, you're familiar with the phrase baby boomers, but that's really a specifically American thing. Uh, directly after the Second World War, 1945, Americans started reproducing a lot. And so between 1945 and about 1965, the population grew enormously. And uh, so those are the, the baby boomers. So in Malaysia, there was a baby boom. It came later, uh, about the, our age, me and Na'a. Uh, 1960 to 65, around there, it, it, it really did grow enormously. The replacement rate, that's the, the in, in very <laughs> naked terms, uh, that's the amount of children that a woman has. The replacement rate was about three, over three in Malaysia. It is now about 1.8, perhaps two. It should be 2.1 in order to just keep the population size growing. And so in 65, you had people like Mia Na'a being born. If you look at the, the age demographic pyramid, uh, which has people 100 years at the top, male on one side, female on the other, and it should just be a pyramid because obviously you have more people being born now than there were last year. And um, if you look at that pyramid, there's a bump where me and Na'a were born. And, but there is, there is, there was rather a baby boom. Malaysians between the ages of say 40 and 25, if you look at the demographics, it's a hell of a, it's a, it's a huge increase. That age, there are a lot. I would say maybe 24-year-olds or 26-year-olds, maybe 26-year-olds, there are more 26-year-olds than any other age in uh, the history of Malaysia. And it, it drops off very suddenly. And the population actually contracts for several, several years and then starts growing a little bit after that. Um, and if you look at it, it, it's people who were born in the 1990s during the time of the enormous explosion in the Malaysian economy. Eight consecutive years of 8% growth. That's just never going to happen again. <laughs> and uh, Sabrina, you were, you were kind of there, but not really there. Uh, you missed it. It was amazing. It was weird. Nice. And uh, so if there are baby boomers in this country, they are anywhere between the age of 40 and 25. Really, <laughs> if you look at the pyramid... It is such a significant jump. It's such a big uh, block of people that really you have to say this is their country. There are just so many more of them than there are of anyone else. 
they're more than double the amount of 26-year-olds than there are 55-year-olds. I'm, I'm 55. More than double. Um, so the question I need to ask Sabrina, as a spokesperson for her generation, no. <laughs> as a member of this uh, Malaysian baby boomer, um, what do you want to do? What do I want to do? What do you like want to do about in this country? Oh, about the country. <laughs> um, ooh. Live a I mean, life. I, I mean, I has like it ever crossed your mind that, that there, are, there are a lot more of, of, of a particular age than there are of any other age? Do you feel like... Did you... Me and Na'a, we grew up... There were lots of kids around us. Na'a, would you agree? Kids as in... There were just a lot of children. People had lots of children. Yeah, yeah. People had bigger families, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and did you, did you feel that, Sabrina? As in, like, do I feel like there's a lot of my peers? Like, yeah. a lot of people of my... Uh, I don't know, not particularly. I always thought it was the other way around because, like, my parents, um, like, all of my extended family, they're big families. They would have, like, six, seven kids. So I always thought, like, ah. Oh. So when, when you said that we are, like, the most... Oh, well, I guess that makes sense if they're having a lot of kids and we'd have like, then yeah, there'd be more of this. There you go. How oh, they think about it. Huh. They think about it. They're a lot of <laughs> Yeah, it totally didn't really <laughs> cross my mind until, up until yeah. just then. So when, when Said Sadiq, for instance, is talking about the youth um, and he makes his TikTok videos and stuff, and I always watch them, I thought, really, does an 18-year-old like this? It just seems so kind of like old man. Um, but really, the 18-year-olds just don't count. It's 25 to 40. That's the the block the the political and cultural block economic block as well that that is so important moving forwards year by year as they get older they're going to determine you sabrina they're going to determine how everybody else lives because there are fewer people after you when did you get um start getting aware of of politics sabrina i mean early 2000s or mid 2005 to 2010, that kind of era? Or... Oh. Are you interested in politics? More, uh, more aware of what was going on? <laughs> probably, what kind of politics? Uh, probably when I was, when I just started, um, I guess in the end of my high, like secondary school, maybe form five, going into university. Um, that was probably 2013, so not that long ago, 2005. I think I was like mm -hmm. nine years old. Probably don't no idea what politics are. I don't think I even remember like knowing who uh, the prime minister was at the time when I was like in when I was in standard one or standard two. Mm -hmm. um, so it wasn't until much later that I guess um, yeah. that. If there's any consolation, I don't know now. <laughs> 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 but but uh, but uh, you it, it hasn't been all that important to you until much much later in life, right? If it is important at all, Sabrina, yeah. we're really quizzing you. Me and Nara are really quizzing. You. <laughs> uh, well, importance. I guess I. I I guess the word I would I would I would use is um probably um awareness though. like I I wasn't I wasn't sure of of an opinion to have like 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 oh okay this this is what I feel about this particular issue or this particular person and then I was able to articulate that at that time that so that was when I was able to do that um yeah. I think before then it was just something that's just like so already built up so much that I, I just had no idea of how to go into it. Like a really, like Game of Thrones, like there's just so much that has happened. There's like so many episodes and seasons. I don't know what to do. <laughs> let, let, let the grown-ups figure it out. Yeah, yeah let them you, figure you, it out yeah. until I, oh, wait, no, I have to go out into the world now and I have to like, so, and whether I like it or not, I'm like 
now I can process these headlines and these news and ask certain questions and even ask my parents about some stuff. Yeah. But now, if I can ask you to help generalize our generation that is now passing into insignificance and, <laughs> and passing away in numbers, um, I think that perhaps people a little bit older than me, Malaysians, were, were really fixated with the idea of don't rock the boat, don't cause trouble. I think so. There, there was a bit of a rebellion in, in the 80s, but I think it was very small. It was very yeah. small. We were not like the Gen X in particular that had went against um, the norm of, you know, whether it was a work ethic or, or you know, whatever it was that went on in America, in the West. I think a lot more people sort of like exactly what you said, just decided I want my peace. Because I think during that time it it was it was valid. Um, uh, th- there was no no feeling of like selling out to be an, uh, an establishment type person, because it, because it all seemed it all seemed great. It was all like a time of of entrepreneurs and making money and being dynamic and being international and all that. That that there wasn't any clear signs that there were any cracks or there were going to be any problems. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, so I don't know. You were a rebel a little bit, and I was a rebel a little bit. But that's maybe because we were uh, more artistically inclined, and therefore making tons of money via those channels were not as important to us. I don't know. But, but yeah. But in the end, we become far more irrelevant than those who have made it. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. uh, so, so Sabrina, just to, to wrap this one, I just want to. I, I wanted to talk about demographics. Just to hand over to you. This is now your nation, very much. and don't let others tell you what to do having said that i'm going to tell you what to do now um because (laughs) we're going to go to topic number two which is uh nah malaysian monster movies yeah well well creating uh an iconic malaysian monster identity i'll tell you what i mean it's like um a lot of um iconic monsters and ghosts and creatures that, that, that that have become film icons uh, a lot of them are, are created by, by um, the creative people. We, we had the classical universal monsters, except for Frankenstein, who was created by Mary Shelley. The rest all came from mythology. Vampires, um, werewolves were actually very much a part of European mythology. And um, even the mummy came from um, the period where archaeology was beginning to really, really invade Egypt. And every single tomb had a had a horrifying curse on it. So that that played on the imagination of um, of the creative people, and so they created the mummy. So a lot of times, um, iconic monsters and, and horror creatures are, are created based on mythology, urban legends, even religion. I mean, you have you have you know the devil, the antichrist, demons coming in every guises from from every holy book, um, and sometimes even from um, Reality, for example, uh, Ed Gein, the, the killer clown, I think he was called. He was a serial killer in the 60s in America, or 50s, late 50s, something along. I, unlike you, Cam, I didn't really do my research. I'm just guessing everything. But he, <laughs> he influenced the iconic Norman Bates from Psycho, then later Leatherface from Texas Chainsaw Massacre, right up to Buffalo Bill of Silence of the Lambs. Though Buffalo Bill was kind of like subsumed by the popularity of Hannibal Lecter, who probably was based on, on somebody too. So I was just wondering, we have a lot of legends. We have a lot of myths. We have, you know, uh, various religions. We have so many cultures here. So if you had 
any a chance to create an iconic movie monster of any kind, whether from cryptozoology or any of those things, what what would you do, right? So, again, I'm I'm, I'm playing on the on the on the easy fun what if scenario, <laughs> which has become my my go to for for the show. Um, I I find I personally find what what's interesting about about Malaysian culture is that especially every culture has it, but particularly Malay culture and East Malaysian culture, we have a lot of families have a lot of attendant spirits and penunggus and all kinds of um, superstitions and, 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 and supernatural beings connected to our family. Usually even my family apparently had krises, those uh, mm. daggers, which were, nobody wanted them because if you had them, it would give you bad luck. You didn't know what to do with it. You know, every family had that. So I thought, yeah, why not my go family, for it? Yeah. Yeah. Yes, certainly. At least that, right? If not, don't ever go into that room because great, 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 grand, somebody, some uh, uh, ancestral snake spirit or whatever is still there somewhere, right? It's, there's always something like that. So I thought, why not go for a comedy? You know, like, like take, the, take the whole thing about feuding neighbors on, on this day and age where people are always competing about who has what and, and, you know, like, oh, you're always renovating your house, making a lot of noise. Oh, your kids are so noisy, blah, blah, blah. So you have two families, two very urban families feuding. But what it is, is both families have the bizarre and weird attendant spirits who end up getting into the fray on behalf of the descendants too. So you have like floating crisis and, you know, like a Minangkabau tiger ancestors popping out. And so you have uh, more like Adam's family on speed kind of thing which ends with that. a total chaos and yeah. houses being damaged yeah just, just an idea of that i mean rather than going for something serious and scary i thought that would be an interesting way to bring to, to create maybe some iconic uh malaysian monster slash supernatural slash fantasy characters that come from from something from 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 what would you do cam well, personally, I think he, uh, no, I was mocking my culture, but Sabrina, you, uh, <laughs> you, you, I'm mocking just your culture. Is it well, the Welsh, the Welsh yeah. side, the Welsh oh, side. The... Yeah. Um, so, Sabrina, you, you, you like the idea of Na'a's storyline? I love it. I think it would be really great. <laughs> it almost sounds like a sitcom style thing. Yes, that it could, could go be. Down. Yeah. Yeah. Um, me personally, I, I give it a little bit of thought. I wasn't. Um, sure if it was supposed to be like horror specifically it started out that way this urban legend but as I grew older it didn't feel as scary anymore I guess so I don't know if you've heard of like when so when I was younger in primary school there are always these stories about like uh, Muslim kids who defied their parents and then they got cursed they turned into like a like a creature or something and then like like a fish or something right? ah, been... so there was there was yeah, one yeah. exactly that's that was what I was thinking about there was one that's like he, this he was turned into like a stingray and then they yeah, had a picture yeah. of him um yeah. you know you can Bad see oh my CGI, god yeah. yeah there's like that's his eyes and he's got ribs and, and that's really like he's inside the the fish uh but like now growing up I'm like that's actually like a very that's I thought like make a pretty interesting story. Like in my head, it's like almost Shape of Water, like you know, film yeah, about yeah. this. But you know, it, it also is it's a very old idea because it comes from you know like batu belah, batu tangkup, si tanggang, mm. uh, lancang kuning, all that. Like 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 bad kids mm. being cursed somehow, and that's a very Malay, very Malaysian <laughs> yeah. kind of thing. And you do you update it? Yeah, I, I guess these people who who spread these stories, these urban legends. It is kind of updating it, the whole thing about, you know, like like disobedient children 
being cursed somehow. Mm. Yeah, yeah. But is is uh, the modern Malaysian landscape as um, spirit filled as once upon a time? I mean, are people still scaring each other? And I, mean, I, I guess in the cinema, these these uh, Pontiana. I mean, every other movie is Pontiana. I don't know. Yeah, I, I think in 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 like TV and film, I guess people still do it. Like these stories still kind of like um, get told, but. I don't think, like, for, like, my younger sister, for example, I don't know if she's heard of those stories. I don't think my mom would have, mm. like, said this, mm. you know, like, I, I, I'm not sure if her friends would have, you know, circulated these urban myths because I was terrified as a kid. I was like, oh, no, I, I'm not going to turn into a fish. I'm so scared, <laughs> you know. I was one of those kids. Um, but, yeah, I don't know. I don't know if there's, like, a new version of it now or, or whatever. But it seems now it's it's things like that. It's like um, internet sort of like uh, urban legend sort of thing with videos and stuff like that. Whereas I think during the time from remembering my parents' time, my grandparents' time, superstition and, and urban myths and, and some, uh, myths and, and legends were slightly different in the sense that they were kind of everywhere. Like everywhere you look, there was something to be afraid of. It was in the atmosphere. You know what I mean? Like, mm. like now you don't actually walk down to your neighborhood 7-Eleven and people go, hey, you know that tree right under the 7-Eleven, blah, blah, blah. Or be careful but once upon walk- a time, that tree. Yeah. Be yeah. careful if you walk past that longkang because werewolves used to live there or whatever. But yeah. in the old days, yeah, it was everywhere. If I think back to the, the 90s when KL was growing, 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 and what was... I think that it's a less scary place in, in, in that spirit world kind of sense because in the 90s, you would have the bright lights, but there would also be stretches of darkness um roads that would be suddenly very dark seem seemingly so close to civilization and of course if you go out of town then it's dark 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 oh yeah yeah that's when the stories spread when i was a young person in the in the in the 90s and all that the stories that spread were always be careful when you go to Chirating. be careful it's always outside KL. Yeah. it was always this road that, that road, dark stretch of road between kampung this and uh, you know that there is a, a white buffalo that crosses the road whatever all kinds of crazy stories and there was a the the story from east coast as well i i, I don't know the name of the, the the character but uh for fishermen if if they saw a light out in the sea and they headed towards it you must never go to the light and if you saw who was carrying the light and it would use always a woman it's always a woman uh some crazy woman and then you would never go home again i don't know how that story began because somebody must have got home to be able to tell that i don't know but uh, it's the woman but that would be that could be yeah, your story went back and said, that, that, that could be that could be your story yeah, it was a woman so she was like you yeah. go ahead it's not my yeah. um i mean it could be that could be your story but how would you update it Cam, but uh, be like, I mean, Orang Minya is not a mythical creature. Uh, <sighs> Orang Minya is kind of like an urban legend, you know. It, it yeah. literally is, literally from the old days, it was literally like a guy who got away with all kinds of crimes by just oiling himself up. Uh, that still you know, so freaks you, me out, the idea of, of Orang Minya. <laughs> yeah. Well, actually, no, I'm, and I, we have a friend who I think uh, her place was invaded and she did grab a hold of the person and it was just all oily. It was, <gasps> yeah. 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 It's in Pataling Jaya. I mean, imagine telling Jaya, Sabrina. back in the kampung when you didn't have like um, stun guns and stuff like that. So it was entirely up to the kampung folk to grab an intruder who was stealing stuff or, or, or harassing women or whatever. And if yeah. you're oiled up, he could catch you. Especially during COVID times. I, do, I haven't really been out of KL for quite some time. But yes, when I do go out and I, I mean, perfectly, completely innocent places, but 
You can drive through stretches of Malaysia where at night it is darkness on either side of the road for miles and you don't know what the hell's in there. How about that then, Cam? Your idea could be a, a road movie about what it's like to drive across, you know, yeah, like a bunch of young people in their car. Every step of they go on a they go on a urban legend tour. They get into their they're like the Scooby Doo gang, <laughs> but yeah. then, you know. So every town has and they investigate everything and 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 you know they turn a corner and there's there's this fish standing there. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, mom. <laughs> I didn't mean to eat that last curry puff. <laughs> yeah, and he joins uh, in the car. He like goes on the trip with them. But to go back to to your Sabrina, I mean the, the the things that the kids did in order to be cursed to become a, a stingray were they huge things like like you know literally. I don't know. I don't remember. I feel like it has something to do with like defying religion. the religion. Yeah, like not listening to your parents and, you know, not praying and things like that. And then it's like a slow like evolution like or, you know, it's, it's a say, slow it's transformation. Thing, it's generally a, a curve. Uh-huh, I think like, so, for, for yeah. Months and months. Okay. Yeah, as far as I remember. So like, so he becomes more and more fish-like and then, yeah. <laughs> But they, the barbecue at the end was excellent. Ah, Everybody. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody had a great time to come back yeah. in Portuguese I, style. Yeah, and the story comes with a recipe at the end. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, on that note, on that respectful note to the culture, um, we'll move on. And uh, in a moment, we're going to try to work out how do we talk to reactionary parents here on A Bit of Culture, BFM 89.9. And we're back with myself, Cam Raslan, Na'amurad, and Sabrina Yusuf. And now, Sabrina, without naming names, um, how do we how do we talk to reactionary parents? <laughs> um, yeah, I'm actually still figuring that out. <laughs> right. Um, so, okay, so the thing is, like, there's always that, I don't know if it's parents in general, but, like, at least from the conversations that I've had, it's usually, like, dads. Mm-hmm. And there's always this dad thing that dads do. Like, they would... There's always like a polo shirt and can take out combo or like some cultural equivalent or you stand in front of the TV with their hands behind their back and things like that, asking for the manager or whatever. But like there's always this one um, one side that's like very passionate that just flares up randomly. So me and like a few of my colleagues talking about like, oh, your dad does that too? Like, yeah, like he gets randomly like you know, so fed up and political and then I have to like figure out how to how to handle the situation. Like, you, oh, yeah, you've got to give crazy. us examples of, of <laughs> topics. You gotta you gotta help us out. Paint a yeah, picture. Yeah. It's yeah. hard. And it's 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 um okay, so for example, like um oh I don't know how to for example we'd be sitting um and watching tennis and then oh yeah, okay, cool. Uh this guy got a point, that guy got a point. And then out of nowhere I'd just be like, Yeah, you know what? These Serbians are just like that. <laughs> like, how? <laughs> well, what? What, become... you, what are you talking about? <laughs> yeah, suddenly it becomes. Where did that come from? <laughs> and then he started talking about like all these historical things, and I'm just like, whoa, whoa, whoa. wait, this is still happening, <laughs> you know? So, and um, so that's okay. That's one example. Okay. But um, so yeah, so usually it's just like trying to f- how how do you not because you don't want to like stonewall them, right? Mm-hmm. I, I also want to have this conversation, but h- how do I do it without betraying my <laughs> very different worldviews, you know? Like, how do I navigate all these yeah. things? So apparently I thought and it was just... not turn into a fish. 
Yeah, and not exactly. turn into a fish, yeah. <laughs> this is the hardest part. So always ask the right questions. I guess if, if, if you watch tennis and you start going off like, oh, Steffi Graf, he's German. You know what the Nazis did or whatever. I suppose just ask questions. Uh, like, really, what was that like? <laughs> take yeah, the, actually, take yeah. the conversation, right? I mean, I, I wouldn't do it. Um, my father was reactionary in a way, not so much watching things, but whenever we had a problem, his uh, knee-jerk reaction would be, it was our fault. It was definitely our fault. I mean, it would be it would take a lot of explaining before he goes like, okay, maybe you're the victim in this. I will help you. But half of the time, like, yeah, you must have screwed up. Da, 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 da. I guess, I guess um, uh, he had a very high opinion of his kids. Um, <laughs> that's that's nice. <laughs> that, that, that's, the, that's the thing we had we had to get past. But yeah, this whole idea of this meandering. Um, history lecture thing, um, not so much. Yeah. I'm going to guess, uh, Sabrina, that do, do you know what year your father was born? He's probably the same age as myself and not. 1958. Oh, he's a bit older than us. Yeah, oh, a bit older. Bit. Oh, I, 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 typical of those people in 58. The, <laughs> yeah, exactly, the yeah, that was exactly what yeah. you were saying. <laughs> They're the original boomers. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Can't trust yeah. them. I, you know, um, with, um, my father died when I was very young, so I have no idea. Um, but my mother, she's more radical than me. So uh, my conversations with her are like, calm down. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Did she also randomly get political at mundane situations? Really? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Like, like, um, so, so it's funny when uh, in the very beginning you were talking about like demographics, right? Or we always talk about, um, or, or rather we, no long, we used to always talk about um, the race demographic, you know, we don't, we don't really talk about it now, I think is what you said. Mm. Um, it's the, well, my dad will be, he's, he'll still talk about it, he'll talk about it all the time. <laughs> which he's is, like an encyclopedia, I see. Yes, yeah, and it's great. Oh, okay. He's like, oh, you know, the, the back then we in Malaysia, blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, wait, 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 we're just having... We were just talking about something else a moment later. How did this get here? And then yeah. I'm like, he, I have to like. He oh, probably oh, has okay. views about the Jews. Yeah, oh, plenty. <laughs> uh, but but yeah, I mean, like I I, I so at first I thought it was just like okay, maybe it's just like maybe it's like a personality thing. Until um, I discovered that a whole bunch of my peers also had like almost the same exact situation. I thought maybe oh maybe it's like a certain political leaning, but like no, we we're all like had different our dads were from different um backgrounds they had different political views but they all kind of act the same way and they were all like trying to like handle it similarly as well so we're just like oh yeah sometimes i just like know when not to engage and things like that yeah sometimes i just like try to like you know like ask questions so i'm like oh okay so this is just like a me thing is it like a so now i'm thinking is it like a generational thing is it because now you know um, yeah. Now that they're retired, they have more time, and then there's like the internet is a thing, so all this all this information is there. Uh, one of my colleagues as well had <laughs> uh, his father would just pick fights online with people, and I'm like, oh, if my dad had an online presence, that's exactly what he would do too, which is just randomly <laughs> pick fights with political fights with people. So I'm just like, huh. So is it just the internet? Is it just access to that? Or yeah, well, yeah. Well, let me paint a, paint a picture for you, Sabrina. If you can imagine this, your father. I get. Is he? I don't know if he's principally English speaking or Basque speaking. I don't know. Uh, yeah, um, yeah. But Sorry. this, that. Both, okay, yeah. yeah. So uh, imagine growing up in a world where there were two TV stations, and they started at midday, and they finished at eleven o'clock, and then the amazing day happened, 
when there was a third TV station. And there were two newspapers and lots of radio stations, but really only one that you'd listen to. Two English newspapers. Two English. And that was your world until the age of 45, 50? 45. Mm. And how different would you be if, okay. if you were conditioned in that world where you didn't even realize that the, the stories you were being told were being curated to reinforce a storyline whereby your response would always be, well, that's just typical of Serbians. Oh, that's what I always said about <laughs> Serbians, you know? But also, 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 Sabrina, is your father work-wise in his career, is he the kind of person who has great responsibility over a lot of people? Is he like, like a, a boss in that sense? He's in charge of a department or um, um, some kind of pankat, you know, like he has a lot of underlings under him? I, I would say so, like he's got a team of people. Mm-hmm. Um, oh. Yeah. So that kind of explains it too. My father was like that. I mean, it, mm. I think it's always this need to, to actually be a leader and to actually tell people what's what. <laughs> you know, there's always this need to like, well, actually it's this way, it's that way. You know, I, I guess mm. if your father was quietly doing work in a lab by himself all his life, he probably wouldn't have much but you've grown uh, of up that so, need to do that. You've grown up so radically different. I mean, these generational changes, you can't, it, it's like, coincidence that you have to be living in the same country (laughs) (laughs) yeah it it is crazy to think about um because it's also it's not just the whole it's not just the fact that the whole world has changed in just like between 2000 to 2010 like you know for example Mm. in just that one decade so much has happened Mm -hmm. and so Mm -hmm. many new things came up um so much has changed in our daily lives but also the fact that just growing up as a person and your parents at that age being the person that they are already having their, you know, kind of, I guess, set in their ways, so to speak. And then sending yeah. their children off to school. Okay, you blaja, you, you know, meet, go out there, meet people, learn about new things. And then when you come back with a different worldview, it's like a little bit, it's like, oh, wait, wait a minute. <laughs> this mm. isn't, huh, okay, interesting. So, so now like trying to sort of like have a healthy conversation without accidentally antagonizing anyone uh, becomes a thing now like in in you know over over dinners or whatever mm. which is not necessarily bad because like I understand that you know our parents always want to seek some form of connection with their children so through that I guess my dad's preferred method is to bring up <laughs> very contentious issues <laughs> mm-hmm. so he get fired yeah. up and then I get fired up like you know we're like okay wait, wait, wait you gotta like you know this is a conversation okay it's it's fine it's cool uh, so, so yeah, it's, it's, um, hmm. it's tricky and it's, it's not like, I find, I find that Cam and I are actually pretty bad examples because we both don't have kids. If we were conventional and we had kids at that time when most people were having kids, um, Cam and I would both be the parents of uh, fathers of, uh, college level kids. And we would know firsthand what it's like, the kind of, how, you know, we would have, uh, an idea of, of of how it is to, to um, interact. You know, sometimes I always wonder why my parents, parents, my parents or any parents were that way. Didn't they have the same kind of problem with their parents when they became adults and wanted to put forward their own identity and their own opinions, right? Or did they not even bother? Did they, 
just mengalah you know just just mm. step back and let you know was it that generation thing i don't know what i would be like i don't mm. know what my as a, as a parent I would have been, yeah. I mean, a lot a of my rod of iron. No, you'd, you'd be. <laughs> would yeah. I? Would yeah, I you'd be. Yeah. yeah, spare the rod, spoil the child. That's you. It would be like <laughs> that's the litter used. Well, I can, yeah. I can, <laughs> <laughs> you fish child. You, you are you fish yeah. child. Um, well, I would just base it on how I treat cats, and that's completely different. It oh. is. <laughs> oh, well, I, I mean, Sabrina, I'm. I really hope your father. <laughs> hasn't discovered the radio or podcast. <laughs> oh no, he uh, he tunes in sometimes. <laughs> okay, uh, but right. no, I think it's just stuff. <laughs> uh, uh, all I, all yeah. I can say is that I I would imagine that it is hard to accept that younger people, especially younger people that you yourself created, have opinions independent of yourself and wish to stand up for them. So it's a case of just attrition stand up for it and just say it again and again or even worse that 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 people that you created is younger people have an understanding of the world parts of the current world which you Go don't quite yours. get yeah, yeah. Be, beyond beyond your understanding or or that embarrasses you that you you can't figure it out and they can because they live in it they, yeah. they interact with it all the time Yeah, but if your father should decide to start a podcast, <laughs> tell him not to because he'll be calling you every day. Like, hey, um, Sabrina, how do I do this again? Actually, come over and show yeah. me <laughs> all the oh, technical stuff. Suddenly, yeah. you need me. <laughs> no, <Yeah. laughs> no. I, mean, I think I also just gotta say, like, I owe a lot of that to like the fact I'm lucky enough to have that figure who broaches certain topics and is still open to conversations like that. So I know, like, so. On the other hand, like it could have just been like I could have just have been figuring things out on my own, right? But the fact that even though we have a lot of these like really annoying, uh, heated debates, he still comes out and be like, "Hey, do you want to talk about this other thing?" And you know, be super like <laughs> confrontational about it. I'm like, "Yeah, okay, sure, bring it up." <laughs> you know, we still have this conversation. So, yeah, yeah, because I, I never had those because my father died when I was very young, and I and I'm jealous of you. Um, to have that, um. I think. I mean, who yeah, my father was a, well, was in the civil service. He wasn't a politician, but he was in the government. So he didn't want to. He didn't want to criticize the guy. I know he had opinions, mm. but he was really, really open to like criticizing other people's governments. Yeah. That was when you know, like when he was like, "Oh yeah, America's like this. Oh Singapore's like that. Oh Thailand." <laughs> you know? But I knew from his from his opinions that he was not particularly conservative. Like he he had. Um, you know. Actually, yeah, my, my, I said my mother's quite very radical, but she, it, it doesn't take much to go into, yes, this lot, they're all like that. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. and but I, I'd say, yes, but mother, just yesterday you said they were all like this. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Um, well, good luck, Sabrina. And as I say, I hope your father's never heard of the radio. And, <laughs> He's cool. <laughs> and, you, uh, could, you could make a show for him on BFM. Yeah, and uh, uh, all Malay men says. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so uh, we we'll move on to the last part of the show: recommendations. We recommend something that we think might be of interest. I go first, and my recommendation is there's a stand-up, an American stand-up comedian called Taylor Tomlinson. She has two Netflix specials, and I think she's fantastic. She's very young, twenty um, seven, but she's very, uh, I don't know, just sort of. Uh, not wise, but just sort of eyes wide open, and and so her, her uh, appeal is that she, 
I don't know. I just think she's very funny. She's just so well-crafted and, uh, you know, talks about mental health, talks about growing up in a religious family and stuff like American that. American, is she? American, yeah. On Netflix, uh, Taylor Tomlinson. I think she's fantastic. And I've been a bit, I've been a bit wrapped up in watching and rewatching her material because I love comedy and, and people who can pull it off, I think they're just the best. Uh, so that's mine. Uh, nah, what's yours? Uh, Netflix too, I think, if, I, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, I could be wrong, uh, but one of the big ones, and everybody's heard about it, the, the Sandman um, <gasps> That series. was my recommendation. <laughs> oh, okay. Uh. So, shall I, shall I switch mine then? You, no, you, it's you fine. No, we can both talk about no, so it. <laughs> I, I'm more interested in hearing what you have to say. So I'll switch to this book I'm reading, which, Cam, I think you have. And it's, uh, so you see, now that I'm kind of left-footed, that book on Vietnam by Max Hastings. Oh, right. Yeah. You knew that one? Yeah. Okay. Um, you're thinking like, yeah, oh, God, how boring. Debacle, but but yeah. if, if, yeah, it, it, it's the entire story straight from when World War II ends and how, you know, the French just refused to grant them the independence and everything. It's, it's the full, uh, wow, what is it? Um, 30, 40 year conflict of Vietnam. And what, what I find, aside from the fact, you've read it, Cam, right? No, no, I haven't. No, no, no. Oh, you have not. No. Aside from the fact that, that it, 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 it really gets down to the integrity about what was going on. He did, he did his research remarkably. I won't get into that, but it is remarkable. But what it also is, is he managed to go to Vietnam and get records and, and um, look at people's diaries. And he made it into a Vietnamese story also. And that's what most of us don't think about. We always think about, when we think about Vietnam, we think about young American boys suffering or, or American politicians and generals and their hubris. And the rest is all just cowardly South Vietnamese soldiers and these really brave, really crazy North Vietnamese guerrillas and soldiers. But the true story about, about, the, 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 of, about what kind of war it was for the Vietnamese is complex and it's incredibly sad too. It's incredibly tragic. And it, is, it really opens your eyes to what the Vietnamese have had to face in that, in that period of war. And, and it kind of explains about them now about how they're trying their best to sort of like not look back and just move forward and never get into that again. Um, Cambodians are going through that too. And the last time I was in Cambodia, I thought it's like the, the amount of suffering is just, we can't imagine it. We're so lucky in Malaysia in many ways. But, but it, it's a, if you're interested in the Vietnam War, in history or anything like that, this particular book will give you this unique point of view of what it's like to be Vietnamese in the North or South during that entire conflict of almost 40 years and it is remarkable it's a huge book though about 700 pages so that, that's my recommendation so max and hastings max uh, hastings Viet, i think it's just vietnam. called vietnam war this year to this year or whatever yeah. something along yeah. the sorry i didn't prepare because somebody stole my no, no, no I, I, I would like to hear <laughs> i would really like to hear what you think of the sandman because it's my generation stuff the comic book was huge and you know like it, it's kind of dated now i feel like it's a bit of the actual comics kind of dated even though beloved so I'm wondering what your generation thinks of how it's been adapted and how good it is. Yes. So, Sabrina, what's your recommendation? <laughs> so my recommendation, uh, which is totally, you know, no one knows yet, is The Sandman. <laughs> that oh, is wow. on Netflix. I know. You've seen it? <laughs> um, one or two episodes. Uh, yeah. So um, I can't say much about, like, the adaptation of it because I haven't read mm -hmm. any of the comics or, or such like this is my like my first um, exposure to the whole story but 
I was I just I just like started it just like on a whim, but then I was totally sucked into it. I finished it in a day, and then I'm like, oh, wow. oh what do I do now? <laughs> you know, now mm-hmm. I'm like looking for the comics, like China's, Ooh, you know, where do really? I sign? Yeah. Um. So it really like pleased my inner child. Like I was really into like fantasy um, as a kid, like you know all these little fantasy books about you know magic and dragons and whatever. Um. And I haven't been back there. Or consuming any of that type of content for a while, so watching Sandman and and experiencing that the genre and also it's made it's executed very well was like really like yeah I, I thought they did it very well in terms of just in general of like having that because not only is it is it it's fantasy but you know you have this very dark and brooding character which is kind of easy for it to be a bit cringy or lame but like they yeah, do it very well there's a lot of like light moments also the the villains are great um talking about it now i just want to like I, I might just go watch it again it's it's yeah. when is it set where is it set um now um yeah current. a lot of yeah. flashbacks but but now in in our like world or a modern reimagined world, world? okay it's it, it's interesting fantasy because it doesn't follow the usual it, it's all there but you know the usual cliche of fantasy books even whether it's urban fantasy or whatever it's dragons and there's no wizards and stuff like that this one is if um neil gaiman has created this conceit of like there are these uh seven, six or seven beings called the endless who are dream despair death delirium um other d words and they are representations of these things and they are like like powerful powerful beings so the main character is Dream, Lord Morpheus, who is the Lord of Dreams. So all our dreams are filtered through his land. His land creates dreams and our dreams create his land, that kind of thing. And um, death is death, basically. Um, she's the sister and, and, and desire is desire. All our desires are fed by desire and our desires feed this being called desire, this, this uh, metaphorical super beings. And so it's, it's very different in that sense already. And it's set in now... Um, uh, with, with, with the pretext that um, if Dream, Lord Morpheus, has been uh, for a hundred years, was it about a hundred years, right? Um, mm. Kept, um, kept um, captive by a wizard and therefore our dreams have gone awry and he has, he has not been the lord of his dream world for a hundred years and now he's managed to escape and everything is different, he is different. And uh, it's, without, without, without spoiling it, it, it has a very unique look at fantasy. It comes from a very different... Angle. Now, I say that it could be cliched because um, since then, people have used his style of storytelling in many books and comics and movies and all that. And I thought people might find the structure of the stories a little bit cliched. But obviously, Sabrina, you still enjoy it. So that means you've done something right. They may have actually tweaked it for the show. Well, I don't know if you spoiled it for me, but you certainly confused the hell out of me. Um, (laughs) It's only the first episode. Everything I've said is the first episode. Okay, but I'm... I'm with I'm with um, Sabrina's father on this. You know, don't get me started on Sandmen and <laughs> and Dreamweavers. Oh, you know, the worst. Typical. Yeah, <laughs> the worst. That, that old thing, like the Serbians used to say. <laughs> oh, <God>. uh, yeah. <laughs> um, did, did you watch it on your own, Sabrina? I uh, yeah yeah. In fact, I watched it on my phone. Which <sighs> alarmed a whole bunch of people. No, so, no. <laughs> oh my god! The entire thing because yeah, I wasn't really thinking about it. I'm like, oh, let's just like do this while I was doing something else. Then I just ended up watching it 
like it's beautifully shot. They get it a big laptop. Yeah, it's, yeah. I should. Yeah. laptop. Yeah. Second round. <laughs> and I think my recommendation next time, Serena, will be for you to watch Lawrence Arabia on your phone. I would love to <laughs> <laughs> what that would be like. Uh, like yeah, is that a camel? Is that, is that a camel? Is he ready or a dog? <laughs> I need a bigger phone. Yeah. Um, okay, well, that's uh, Sandman, Sandman, um, which I've seen. I, I noticed and I thought, eh, okay, I'll give it a try. I'll give it a try. Yeah, um, give the first episode a try, Ken. And, but I will be hooked, Sabrina, you say. I mean, I was. So. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> the whole the whole fantasy thing may be a bit hard for you to swallow, but it's a bit unique. So you might actually mm. give it a chance. Mm. I think Cam might actually get tired of it, but it will take them longer than usual. I think you're not a big fan of the usual hocus pocus, you know, like like um oh, I don't know. Uh uh There is I'm, an urban uh, element to it yeah. too. I mean, it, it is a lot of it is set here on, on our current plane of existence. So. Okay, I will give it a try and I will respond with a thousand word critique. Um, <laughs> if you're into Stranger it. Things, right? So I think this wouldn't be too far I love far Stranger off. Things. Like, if there's still, you know, it's still a bit fantastical, but it's just in a different sort of yeah. tone, I guess. Yeah. Okay, you sold me. Yeah. Right. Except for Stranger <laughs> Things has that, has that 80s thing, which... Sabrina sold me on it, so okay. I'm, I'm going to go with that. Okay, it. Stranger Things. <laughs> if it's not as good as Stranger Things, Sabrina, you, oh. you, you will... Oh, no. You, I, you, you will turn to a fish, young lady. And <laughs> no, but Sabrina, uh, you can edit this out, but Sabrina, if you like Neil Gaiman stuff, you, don't, you want to get back into fantasy and you want different types of fantasy that, 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 that will not feel cliched and like what you used to like, read some of his books, like... Uh, Ocean at the End of the Lane is mm. a fantastic book. Um, the Graveyard Books, uh, just uh, Stardust, any of Neil Gaiman's books will bring you back to fantasy in, in, in a, and it'll give a, a different light on mm. that genre. And you will enjoy it. I'm sure you will enjoy it. I think yeah. I did like try it when I was younger, but I don't think I was able to like understand what was happening. So I kind of like that. But like okay. maybe, yeah, in my adult life, I'll be able to appreciate it. If you like Terry Pratchett, he wrote a book with Terry Pratchett called Good Omens, which which was a lot of which is a lot of fun. It's silly. Uh, yeah. Okay. yeah, don't do it. Don't do it. It's uh, it, it leads to <laughs> it's a trap. It's a trap. It's a trap. Okay, so so well, that brings us to the end of this week's show, and we've covered a lot of territory here: demographics, fantasy, fishes, parents, etc. <laughs> and uh, so, it only remains for me now to thank uh, Amura. Thank you. You're most welcome. Thank you for having me again. And Sabrina Yusuf, uh, good luck going home. Make sure you just switch the radio off and, uh, <laughs> and say things like podcasts. I never heard of that. <laughs> it's fine. Thank you for having me. Uh, yeah, if you're listening, I love you. <laughs> <laughs> I hope he's not listening. You're going to get a huge discussion. Yeah, yeah. Okay, and myself, Cameron Aslan, and please join us next week for another exciting episode of A Bit of Culture here on BFM 89.9. You have been listening to a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. For more stories of the same kind, download the BFM app.